Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. pastors here at St. Paul, and it is a joy to be here with you today. This week's message comes from the celebration of the final Sunday in the church calendar. So it's different from our monthly calendars, where we're still more than a month away from New Year's Day. But the church year wraps up in November, just before Advent, with what we call Reign of Christ Sunday. It's a day when we reflect on the presence, the authority, the reign of God in our lives, here and now. Now, I'm just going to take a guess that you probably don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about the reign of God in your daily life. But the reality is that our words, our thoughts, our actions, they all are really a reflection of just how much we're willing to let God have some control or influence in our lives. If we examined an average day of our lives, how would anyone be able to tell that God is present and active in it? How do our lives actually reflect the words that we faithfully pray when we say, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? 
So let's take a listen now to this exchange between Jesus and Pilate and give some thought to what it might reveal to us about this kingdom of God, particularly where we notice Christ's presence and actions in our own lives. So here are the words from the 18th chapter of John's Gospel, beginning with verse 33. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? So let's listen now to a reflection on those words from Jesus when he says, particularly, my kingdom is not from this world. And what exactly that might mean for our own lives of faith. Most mornings, during the school week anyway, when I'm leaving my house to head here to work, I I pull out of my driveway, drive down the street just a couple of houses, and stop at a stop sign. And then I kind of exchange a a wave of hello to the school crossing guard who is standing there on the corner. We've said a few words every now and then or said hello. I don't know really anything about her. I don't even know her name. I'd guess maybe she's in her 60s. She can't be more than 5'3", 5'4", always wearing this bright yellow reflective vest and holding her handheld stop sign at that corner. I do know from just my quick pass through that intersection in the morning that she always greets the kids with a smile or a wave and there's a clear exchange of joy. The kids enjoy seeing her. But I'm also well aware that she wields this stop sign with a certain degree of authority. When there are kids needing to get across Crow Creek Road, you better believe that she walks out into that intersection with confidence, with conviction that every car coming from any direction is going to stop. Now, I'm sure we're all, as drivers, hopefully tuned into her safety and that of the kids who are making their way to school. But there's just something about the way she carries herself that no one dares move until she is fully out of that intersection. I've, I've watched her stare down a few people as if they're sort of tapping on their brakes, anxious to get moving, or um, take even a little bit longer to get out of that intersection if she senses their irritation. The reality is that she doesn't need a badge or a title or even that reflective vest. By virtue of her presence at that crosswalk, the authority that she has claimed this bright red uh, stop sign that she holds in her hand, every person near her knows exactly how to respond. 
And I was, I was thinking about this as I drove through that intersection a few days ago, that this actually happens in all sorts of places every single day in our lives. When I'm checking out at the grocery store, my ears are completely tuned in to the words of the cashier who's ringing up my items, right? I, I'm listening for when I'm allowed to swipe my credit card or when they say the transaction has gone through and I can safely take my things and go. Or when I'm sitting in the chair at the dentist's office, maybe it's the white coat she's wearing or the bright light that's nearly blinding me, but I'm going to do whatever the dentist tells me to. I'm going to open my mouth when she says to because I'm following her directions at the mercy of trusting that she knows what she's doing, right? Or yesterday, our internet went out at our house, so we're waiting for the media comm technician to show up, and he's trying to solve the problem. And even though he's at my house, I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do, right? He's telling us to turn off and on the modem and the router and whatnot, and I'm trusting that he has a certain degree of authority or expertise that I don't in that moment. I'm going to trust his guidance or follow his lead. We could probably name hundreds of other examples that you might encounter in your life, but there are all sorts of people that we encounter every day who hold what we might, we might describe as a kind of influence or power who simply by their presence shape how we choose to behave or how we react. And there's something about that location that signals that behavior to us. So if that wonderful crossing guard approached me as I'm getting out of my car in the church parking lot with her stop sign, I would be a little bit confused. Or if my dentist came up to me while I'm shopping in the grocery store and told me to open my mouth wide open, I also might be a little concerned. But we grant people this authority in our lives based maybe both on location and also the trust that we placed in them, based on where their domain is in our lives. Which, since we're all finding ourselves in a church of all places this morning, begs the question for us, in what location do we ascribe authority or influence or power to God? Or where and when in our lives do we reflect that trust, that hope that we have placed in this God of ours? It's worth giving it some thought, I think, on any given day, but particularly we're giving it a little bit more thought or attention today because it is, as Peter mentioned earlier, what we call Reign of Christ Sunday, sometimes called Christ the King Day. It is this kind of strange day that marks the end of our church calendar. Next week begins the season of Advent, start of a new ch church year, a little bit different than our January through December calendars at home. But this reign of Christ Sunday is when we're prompted to think about what it means for God to have some sort of authority, some reign, R-E-I-G-N, reign in our lives. I'll be honest with you, this day in the church year has always seemed a little bit odd to me. We have celebrated the seasons of Advent and Lent and Holy Week for centuries. But this reign of Christ day was just added to the church calendar about a hundred years ago. And it was added for kind of a mix of political reasons because it was in the fallout of World War I and amidst all the power and the different struggles going on between kaisers and czars and kings and presidents, those leading the church 
felt that it was important to remind us as Christian people that there is just one true king in our lives. That Christ is the one who ought to reign over our lives, who would have the greatest priority more than any other national or political or even global leader. So today, the reality is, of course, that unless you might be watching The Crown on Netflix, or you are particularly interested in where Harry and Meghan of the British royal family are in the United States at any given time, most of us don't give a whole lot of thought to kings and queens. But all of us do decide on this daily basis who and what will have authority in our lives, who we will place our trust in. More than that, whose very presence will shape how we choose to live, how we act in a daily way. So I read for you a moment ago this exchange toward the end of John's gospel, towards the end of Jesus' life, when Jesus is talking with Pilate, who is a legitimate ruler with his own degree of power, and Jesus says to him those words, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. What I imagine perhaps he's saying is that ultimately God's rule is set up in the human heart. God's domain, it's wherever our feet are placed. So that God's authority is established when we live with things like peace and justice and hope as some of our greatest priorities. When God occupies a human heart, as its kingdom, then that kingdom Jesus was referring to is in fact coming to earth. It's not of this world, but it is of yours and mine. It's of our hearts. One of my favorite evenings of confirmation during the year is when we learn about the Lord's Prayer. This is with our seventh and eighth graders, and we spend some time thinking together about this prayer, kind of breaking it down line by line, and we get to the specific line where we pray each and every week, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And so together with these teenagers, we do a little bit of brainstorming, and I ask them to come up with some words that they think of when they think about heaven, what it looks like or feels like. And aside from usually the initial answers of clouds and angels, they start to say things like, heaven is peaceful or joyful It's where everyone has what they need, where everyone is loved, everyone belongs, where no one gets hurt. Someone also usually mentions heaven is where there's no homework or unlimited ice cream, but those things might be up for debate. Then I ask them to brainstorm words that describe earth, what earth feels or looks like. And among lots of words, many of them positive, we also name things like violence, hunger, sadness, bullies at school, or prejudice, or anger, or hurt, and sickness, COVID, and so on. These are some observant kids in our confirmation program. And then we kind of take a few moments and we compare. We look at those two lists, heaven and earth, and we try to think about what would it take to make that earth list look a little bit more like that heaven list. How we make God's kingdom of heaven felt here on earth. And we decide that what we're praying for is that God would actually use us to guide us to be the ones who make God's kingdom felt here and now through each of us. 
so that if we're serious that God has some authority, some reign in our lives, then it starts with us doing the sorts of things that Jesus did here on earth. Things like welcoming everyone to a table, insisting on peace among people and within families and between nations, confronting injustice or naming wrongs that need to be made right, living generously to make sure all people have what they need. When we actually believe God is at work in us and through us, then we live with hope for a future or assurance even in the midst of our own sadness and grief here on earth. The list could go on and on, right? My hope is that Jesus' words might be etched in our mind, those words of, my kingdom is not from this world. And instead, we might live with this earnest belief that Christ's domain is first and foremost of our hearts. We get to live as though God's presence in our lives actually makes a difference, and it shapes who we are and how we respond, how we behave in this world. So that we will stop when the crossing guard tells us to, because she has that authority in the intersection, We'll listen to the dentist when she tells us to floss more or when the doctor prescribes us medication because we trust their expertise. And in the same way, we will live with hope or with peace or love evident in our lives because it is God who reigns in our hearts. Amen. Spirit for
We turn now to God in prayer, speaking those words Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Wherever you find yourself this week, whatever you may be doing, know that Christ is present with you. May the peace of God strengthen you to make Christ's love known in every corner of this world. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.